What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We're back for another Euro edition of On the Pitch Pod. After a week away, we are back. Um, as always, please follow us at On the Pitch Pod on Twitter at On the Pitch Pod. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Leo. Leo, how you been enjoying this absolutely insane international tournament? Uh, this has been awesome. It's been one of the ones to remember. Uh, we had one day with what fourteen goals. Fourteen I, goals, two games, and a penalty kick tr- knockout of the number one seed. Yeah, so we we've had it all. It's been awesome. Uh, like Patrick said, had a week off. I decided to go to the Cubs game last week. Our good friend John, who we don't get to see as often these days, he lives down in Texas. He was in town, and we wanted to go catch a Cubs game. So I figured. Take a little break. I, I know uh, all of our dedicated listeners are probably so disappointed, but uh, I'm glad to be back. And we know you would have gone to the Cubs game, too, if you were uh, <laughs> in, in, in your shoes. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back. And like Patrick said, this this has been one for the ages. We, we got it all. We got uh, plenty of underdogs making it through to the quarterfinal this year. And, uh, yeah, it seems like England's got the cakewalk as it looks on paper, but... As we just realized with this France game, uh, everything on paper is not meant to be. So we'll see. I, I think some of these other teams have a really good chance against England. I, I felt Germany was a weaker squad coming into this tournament. I know we talked about that on the podcast, which on paper doesn't make much sense. But as we saw the upfront, what we talked about weeks ago, they, they just didn't have enough firepower. Timo was supposed to be that guy for them in this new age of players and he's just not that guy so they got a a year to reboot a year to get ready for the world cup but yeah i I thought that was the big issue with them coming into the tournament and ultimately they had two big chances today that didn't get put away so that that ended up hurting them big time and then the other surprise i thought too was spain spain into the quarterfinal i was fading spain quite a bit and all of a sudden we got this offensive explosion from spain so we got uh, a lot of surprises from teams that uh, maybe we expected to do worse, some teams we expected to do better, and overall it's it's been awesome. Yeah, it really has, uh, and it, it's been a, a tale of survive and advance for a lot of these teams. You know, Spain didn't look great in the group stages, but they put in a great performance against Croatia. Uh, England is the same thing, you know, one goal a game, one goal a game, where's Harry Kane? And then here comes Raheem Sterling for his third goal in four games, and they they have a huge win against Germany. And then, you know, Denmark. All hope looked lost for them when, obviously, that tragedy with Christian Eriksen, and then they come out and they thump Wales 4 nothing. It was unbelievable. But I do think something has to be said with the location of these games. Like, England and Wembley today was a cheat code. You know, it was the fans were going nuts. People were falling down the, the, the seats. It was an absolute madhouse. And... Compared to what these what these games would have been like in 2020 with no fans, it's it was it was a Sheffield United type game for England today. They just had the fans behind them the whole time. The decibel rose once that first goal went in, and Germany, you know, looked looked like they couldn't recover. Same thing in this College World Series game. This game is 23,000 Mississippi State fans and like a thousand Vanderbilt fans. It's just I don't understand. Like I understand with COVID, obviously. This, but I'm surprised no one's made a bigger fuss about it. You know, if like Jose Mourinho was an international coach, you know he would have brought up and blamed, you know, the unfair neutral site kind of thing for these international games. But uh, it definitely played a huge role today. And 
we've seen a lot of favorites leave the tournament now that we've uh, into the round of 16. I don't really know where we left off with the last episode since we missed a week. It was only, we had only gotten through the first uh, match week, so okay. it would spend a little bit of time yeah. off. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to have enough time to go back and recap what we missed, and I, I don't really think anyone wants to hear uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, over a week a week ago what we missed. Been I think everyone's time, yeah. here to listen to these round of 16 matches and these quarterfinal matches, so we'll, we'll get it going. And like Patrick said, uh, one of the big surprises has been Denmark, but I can't remember uh, too well, but I feel like Patrick and I both said coming into this tournament that they uh had a pretty strong squad this year and yeah. that's prevailed I, I think we might have brought that up when we did our preview i can't remember but i feel like patrick and i were a little bit higher on denmark this year and it's paid off so they got a strong squad i mean a lot of like big name players braithwaite at barcelona for, got his first goal of the tournament dolberg had an unbelievable game with with a brace and then in the late in the midfield, they got Thomas Delaney and uh, Pierre Hoybier pulling the strings with Vestergaard, Christensen at the back, and Schmeichel and Net. Like those are a lot of names you know. They've been experienced players, but like they obviously went up in a, against an experienced Wales team at the same time, um, and they just they just didn't have enough in the tank to get it done, and it got away from them pretty quickly when it ended up being four nil. Yeah, and uh, there's just been a lot of interesting comments too, uh, as we saw. Um, Patrick made that comment if Mourinho would have said something. I had to go look it up. I don't know if people have been keeping up with Mourinho, but he's been quite the talker during this hero, and he was ripping into uh, Bruno Fernandes. He said Bruno played so poorly that it was like they were playing with 10.5 players instead of 11 for Portugal. So that was an interesting comment. But, yeah, he's, he's been a lot of talk on Twitter and a lot of talk on uh, social media so he's been he's, he's just a character that's what he is. He's been very praising of the English players though like or I think the quote that came out today was you look at guys like Rashford Shaw they don't have an age like there was something like that about how you know they have experience there's just no experience in their name or something I don't know something like that but he's been Luke Shaw's biggest hater for the last you know since since his Manchester United days and it's the it's the former stars of Mourinho that really showed out this weekend. Pogba had a great game despite the loss, and Luke Shaw with the assist today. I mean, yeah, yeah two guys that fell out of Mourinho's favor when they're uh, when he was coaching Manchester United. So always interesting. It just shows that. you that you know soccer is like it's all. That's why teams change managers so quickly. It's just one guy's opinion. Everybody else has different ways of looking at things, and, and that's part of the reason there's such a high turnover rate among coaches in soccer. I believe. Yeah, and uh, I got to give a shout-out to our faithful fan, Chris Byersdorf. Um, we hated Luke Shaw at the beginning of this podcast. We quickly turned into Luke Shaw supporters. He uh, messaged us, and like any of you listeners, please feel free to message us whenever. We really appreciate Byersdorf always interacting with us. It always makes things a lot more fun. And he said, Chris, Byers, or Chris Byersdorf said that Luke Shaw is the best left back in the world. I wouldn't put him best left back in the world. I think there's some other guys up there. But, <laughs> you just hyped that up but, like you were kind of <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's now top five left back in the world, in my opinion. So that's where I was going with that. Oh, um, that's so funny. He has climbed my ranks that highly. And if you're just going straight on uh, who's in form, I think he's top five left back in the world right now. He picked up the assist on the Raheem Sterling goal today. And, uh, yeah, ever since they finally switched to playing a traditional 
uh, left-footed left back. It, it's really changed England's squad. So all the praise there. Are and, we going to work uh, backwards then? Should we just do England Germany now since we're talking about it? Yeah, we might as well hop in England Germany. I I I mean not to show my bias, but Bukayo Saka has really been a great surprise for this tournament. He plays <laughs> with no fear. He I mean he took Phil Foden out of the starting lineup. That's got to say something because Phil Phil Foden's been one of the hottest players, you know, since the end of the season. Jack Grealish comes on today, gets a nice assist. He's, you know, these price tags are just going up and up and up for these players. Yeah, I saw $100 million for or, uh, Grealish. And uh, Harry Kane, $100 million turned down by, Spur- by, by Spurs from City, and they apparently want Grealish too. I mean, there's some, uh, there's some money in that squad. Like, a lot of guys that came on can be argued, you know, were <laughs> worth more than players that started that game. Um, England, like you said earlier, they got the easiest road going forward. And they're so deep. And they're and at they, home. They weathered the storm this long. You know, everyone was ready to rip Southgate's throat out after he started Trippier left back game one. They pulled out dubs every way, every stop along the way. Raheem Sterling has been a tap-in merchant, just finishing like crazy around the goal. I thought he held onto the ball a little bit too long today. Obviously, he's trying to make things happen, and he's the guy you want dribbling with the ball. You're okay if he loses it a couple times, but, um, you know, I England England's now the, I'd say... I mean, you're different. You're an Italy, Belgium guy, but to get to the to the last four to get to the final, I think England's the favorite in this tournament, especially um, with Italy playing Belgium. I, I do want to touch real quick on Germany. Yeah. Um, like I, I already talked about it at the beginning, but like I said, they just didn't have the firepower to really compete against some of these other Poor big Mueller. dogs. Um, and yet someone that's been so reliable yeah, on Germany. the big stage for Germany. Mueller unfortunately puts that one wide, and then big bad Timo Werner with another piss poor effort to score a goal. Kai Havertz had a missile. Pickford, shout so. out to Pickford for that good save. Yeah, shout out Pickford. Um, He's played well. In one of the chats, one of my uh, chats that I was talking, and I, I said Pickford's going to have a T Rex arm moment. Pit. He did not have a T Rex. His arms arm were moment just long today. enough. They, they were, were like just long Velociraptor enough. arms. Um, but I don't think Germany should hit the panic button too too much yet. You know this. Squad's very young. Um, I think they should hit the panic button. You think so? They're going to get a new coach, a new system. Yeah, Hansi got- Flick, right. That changes things. I didn't think about that. You're right. But, I mean, they've been in downfall since that World Cup, since they blame Mesut Ozil for being <laughs> being awful in the World Cup. And then since that, I mean, this is the quickest they've gone out of the Euros, I think, like in like 30 years, maybe ever, something, something like that. It was the first time I think England's beaten Germany since like the 60s in a, in a big stage like this. So I think the cha- coaching change is coming at a perfect time, like you mentioned. Hansi Flick just won everything at Bayern. Like obviously the motivation to keep going there wasn't there. This was his ultimate goal, and let's see if he can you know take it to the next step. But, you know, Mr. Reliable, like you said, Thomas Mueller, oh, I, I couldn't believe it. My dad put his head in his hands. He's no like one of those. It was. I thought it was in. I thought the game was. When I saw Mueller threw on goal, I was like, "Like this is going in," and it just it just wasn't the day yeah. for uh, the Germans. It wasn't day for the Krauts. But I think uh, we'll we'll see what they do with the number nine. They got a, a little yeah. over a year to prepare for this World Cup, and uh, it should be interesting. I think that's just what they're missing. If they have a true nine. Um, like we see with the Bayern team yeah. with Lewandowski. If, if Kareem Benzema's on that team. If, like, if yeah. Lewandowski yeah. was a German instead of a Pole, maybe he did a little Podolski back in the day and played for Germany instead of Poland. Uh, I think Germany might have been one of the favorites coming into this, but 
at the end of the day, you need that out and out true number nine, and they didn't have it, no. so they ended up fighting them and in they, the back. Yeah, they brought Nabry on late on, and he did nothing. He was invisible, gave the ball away a couple times. Uh, Leroy Sané never came on the game. Joshua Kimmich, you know, he's I felt like he struggled to make his, his impact felt from that right-back spot, especially with the amount of possession that England had, and then obviously England was very solid at the back. Maguire got man at the match, I believe. Um, John Stones again, Kyle Walker. It was cool. It was cool to see Kyle Walker chase down Thomas Mueller on that <laughs> breakaway. He was the only guy. It was he was moving, but he's a moose. He's so fast, so fast. But uh, yeah, credit to England and credit to Southgate. They haven't allowed a goal yet in this tournament. Um, I think the only other team that was in contention for that was Italy, and then obviously they let in a goal in extra time. But England's very sound defensively, and they're going to be hard to break down. Uh, the chances I felt like for Germany were. Few to come by, and in a big game like this, win or go home, you, you got to put those one or two chances away. So, I think uh, Ukraine's going to have a very difficult time trying to do that. I think uh, Ukraine, I think, might come to an end. They just had to work really hard to get that win. A lot of injuries. I mean, there was guys dropping like flies in that Ukraine Sweden game. A lot of challenges coming in there. So, uh, I think it's going to be a tough task for Shevchenko, who's a uh, one of, who was one of my favorite players when I was a kid, and it's great to see him doing well with the this Ukraine national team. But, uh, yeah, I think England's going to get the job done. But I am tired of hearing everyone, every big tournament, saying it's coming home, it's coming home. It you just got to embrace it for home. the meme now. I, screw your meme. Screw anyone that tells me it's coming home. They're going to find a way to botch this. Two, Mark my words. Two verbal memes. Uh, first one was... You know all those pictures like Thomas Mueller doing Levon Golski? That yeah. picture of him, there was one today, it was Thomas Mueller. I thought that was had to be mentioned. Verbal meme, <laughs> verbal meme. And then the other one was a video of Yogi Lowe again picking his nose and eating it for like the second time. It, 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 what's this guy's deal, bro? Like he needs... He's that, got a fetish. He cl- clearly with that fucking... <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this, is, this has to be an old clip. But no, it was not an old clip. Those are my two verbal memes. Uh, yeah, Ukraine's got a real tough task. Yeah, and I, I just don't think they're going to be able to score. No one scored on them yet. Unless Yarmolenko um, puts in a couple worldies, I don't know. I think coming out of this side of the bracket, I think the team that has the best chance and fits up with the task would be Denmark. So um, I, I'm hoping Denmark gets the job done. I don't have too much to say about the Ukraine-Sweden game since we're working backwards. That was the other game today. Um, boring, credit to Ukraine, though. Yeah, pretty boring game. It was pretty sloppy. It was one of those gritty games where, uh, you know, the technical abilities that some of these bigger teams might have wasn't really on display there. But uh, you got to love the grit of those games, you know. Those those games are what makes them fun. A lot of hard challenges coming in. That, that challenge is definitely a red card. Um, pretty unfortunate for the Sweden player, honestly, because he's in a tough position. you, you got to try and clear the ball away. And it's just unfortunate how it played out for him, but the correct call was made. Uh, that was definitely a red card. I mean, he almost blew the guy's knee out. I mean, li- ligaments looked like they were done in that knee. Um, so very unfortunate because he did get the ball first, but overall it was a reckless challenge. And the uh, correct call was made, and ultimately I think that's what helped Ukraine seal the deal and ultimately get that last goal. It was the second latest goal in Euro history. I forget who um, has that crown someone scored in the 122nd minute but that was the second latest goal in euro history so the a cool piece of history there and 
Um, yeah, for Ukraine and Shevchenko, like I said, one of my favorite players. Uh, I'm happy to see him succeeding. So uh, good for Ukraine. Good for my Eastern Orthodox brothers out there. Um, I will be pulling for you guys to beat England, but I don't think it's going to get the job done. And for Sweden, I thought a good tournament. I, I didn't really know what to expect out of the Sweden side. A lot of people felt pretty highly about them, but uh, it just it just wasn't the day for them. And uh, I think they have their he heads to be held high because they performed pretty well throughout the tournament. Uh, yeah, um, a Turk scored the latest goal. Uh, Semi-Senturk's semi goal 2008. against... 2008. Yeah. And it sent them to the semifinal. 121-01. So, Yeah. That game, we'll see. I mean, I hope Ukraine gets it done again. You know, for Yarko, for my Ukrainian fellers, uh, let's let's send them home rather than bring it home. Uh, moving into the two Monday's games, it was the freaking craziest day in international history of my lifetime, at least. Um, Definitely, that we'll that was with, one for the ages. Start with Spain, Croatia. Um, wow. 3-1 down, <laughs> three. they score the second in the 85th minute, get the third, the place goes, the scenes, it was unbelievable, and then they fall short in extra time, but that was that was a game where <laughs> every moment that where, you know how in games where, you know, there's those close moments, you're like, oh, they, that could have really changed something. This game, every chance that was there, like, it felt like it went in. Every opportunity felt like they scored the header to make it 3-3. I got up out of my seat. I started running around. I didn't even really... I mean, I have Croatia for... We're picking our fantasy draft based on uh, how your team finishes in the Euros. I got drawn with Croatia this year, so I was born for a Croatian dub there. Um, but I've obviously... You know, I'm a fan of Spain. That game was just... That was... Non-stop it, action. It, and, and, but you know, France and Switzerland gets all the headlines, but that game was equally as unbelievable, and it just really started off the day so, so hot. Yeah, and I, I got to shout out the Spain goalkeeper. Um, yeah, probably one of the worst own goals you'll ever see. Yeah. Uh, you feel really bad for the guy, and it almost ends up seeing his team uh, not go through. But he came up with some really big saves there down the stretch. So for him to you know keep his head on straight and make some of those big saves, uh, I got to give him credit to him and credit to his guys for having his back. Uh, they could have easily crumbled there. Um, it was a. They were. I felt like they were in control of the game for the most part at, up until that point. I yeah, think, they uh, were. That was in the twentieth minute. The first twenty minutes, I thought they were controlling the game, and then Croatia flipped the switch. They had a couple chances. He held his own, and then as we saw, they bounced back. They get some goals, and then the man whose family was getting death threats from the Spanish uh, fans of Armorata with the ultimately game winning goal, goal, and that was a sick goal. Sick goal. So. And, 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 you know, I've always been the one to kind of question his technical ability. He always seems to kind of freak out when, when he's, you know, got something in front of the goal. There's been a couple of times where he's, I think he was in the six, he kicked it right at the goalie or the, the bounce back off the post on that penalty, he kicked it over the goal. Um, he took it down first touch and then blasted it weak foot into the roof of the net. It was sweet. It was a sweet goal. It really was. Yeah, and uh, another shout out, Oz P. Yep. Um, I hate Ospil. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna get True, that out there. Like, dick. he's just like one of those guys. Like, I think Patrick all the Chelsea fans love him, but they if all he love him because he's you. a club legend. Yeah. Whatever, he's been there forever. He's played some big moments, had some big goals. Whatever you want to say about him, but like, he's just one of those guys that like you just look at him and he pisses you off. Yeah, like, I look at Ospil Aquetta's face, and there's just something about that guy that pisses me off. 
He's always like flailing around, yeah, he's, but he's also he's like one of those guys that flails around, but he's also making those dirty challenges yeah. too. It seems like so he's a little first guy to get into a scrap. Yeah, but uh, big goal for him. I think it was only his third goal for uh, his country and a uh, big choice that uh, who was it? Luis Enrique, the manager of Spain. Yes. Big choice starting him in a game like that at right back too. Yeah, we started at right back, which we saw him play. Uh, with Chelsea towards the end of the season. They kind of did that three-back thing, too. Yeah, he was playing like a wing-back. But uh, a huge goal for Aaron Torres, young star for Spain. He gets a big goal. And then uh, I just I don't understand what happened the last seven minutes of the game. You're, you're in cruise control, and yeah. really quickly things went downhill. Uh, you lose your focus. Luis Enrique started making some defensive substitutions. Those didn't work out. I was surprised he didn't see uh, Tiago at the end of the game because, you know, people always think of Tiago as someone that's distributing the ball. And uh, for Liverpool, especially we saw this year, he made a lot of tackles. He got a lot of yellow cards. Yeah. Um, but he, he plays pretty well defense, um, just given his nature and given what everyone thinks about him. He actually does pretty well defensively, and you know he's able to control the middle of the game. So surprised to not see him come on late in that game. Um, in regular time, and but overall, Luis Enrique gets the job done. Um, we somehow have seen Spain score ten goals in their last two games, and uh, I I don't know what to expect with the Switzerland game. I don't either. Granit Xhaka just put in a world class performance. I don't like how do <laughs> how do you rate this Swiss team after what they just did against the French? They got to be you know I always say it. You just got to ride the hot streak as long as you can. The Swiss got to keep it rolling against Spain here, and it it shows that any team can be beaten. And Spain wasn't, you know, on some crazy hot streak going into this game, but now all of a sudden Spain's thinking, oh, shit, we're Spain, you know? like, And the Swiss are thinking, oh, my God, we just beat France. We can beat anybody. We Granit Xhaka put on a masterclass with Paul Pugba and Golo Kante in the midfield, you know? It was that that game is going to be a good game. I, I don't know if it's going to be a good game. I think it might be the the overcorrection. It might be a very low scoring game. We might see that Spain Switzerland game that was kind of expecting one zero two zero. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully there's a bunch of goals. Yeah, I thought I thought the big blow for Croatia was Perisic testing positive yeah. for COVID. He got ruled out. He's been someone that's been so important to their success over the past four years. So that was a big blow to them. They had a lot of guys step up. That Mislav Orsic guy came on. He had a goal. He had the second goal, and then he had uh, the assist on the third goal. That header was sweet. And then Danny Olmo for Spain, another late sub. This whole five substitution things really changes the whole com- like complexion of these games, especially for a team like England, Spain, where they have you know very deep rosters with you know tons of million dollar players bringing on Danny Olmo getting two assists in like you know late in the game with five subs that's that's really 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 helpful for Luis Enrique to have that in his back especially with an Asian Croatia team Luka Modric playing 120 minutes you know those legs had to be he needed some electrolytes after that one for (laughs) sure maybe a couple bananas Um, but I agree I agree with that whole that point very much yeah so just unfortunate for Croatia um Whenever you see a team come back like that as well, and like you just get that feeling, wow, like wow, they're gonna do it. But yeah. credit to Spain, you know, they go down one nothing. You go down on a brutal own goal. You get your boy back. You you go up three one. They have that just mentality to say, hey, like we're still Spain. We got another thirty minutes to play. Like put that behind you and the score two goals in the first extra time period is just 
a true testament to the character of the guys, a true testament to Luis Enrique, whatever he said to the boys during that quick little five-minute intermission. Uh, he got the boys back on track, and they're a team to be threatened with. Yeah. Uh, this is Spain. They're the most successful club in Euro competition, so that's no joke. That's no joke of a statement. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know what to expect from the Spain team now. They got a tough game against the Swiss, who... The Swiss, they're going to be tired. They just had to work their asses off yeah. to keep it up in that game. So I'm going to be leaning Spain. I think Spain gets the job done. Um, I'd like to point we'll to see. the stats real quick. Just uh, Croatia had 12 total shots and 11 chances created. Spain had 23 shots and 24 chances created. So they dominated on the attacking end of things, which is something we're not really used to seeing from Spain. But the expected goals for Croatia was still 3.25. So they're still getting caught out at the back. Like they're... They're allowing chances, and I think that provides an opportunity for Switzerland to, you know, play a very similar style. Hopefully they don't, you know, go behind 3-1 like they did against France. But if they're, you know, they can they can win the ball deep, get it to Xhaka, and then play Mbolo or play Shakiri going forward and, and, and try and catch Spain when they're caught out. Um, especially if, you know, Azpilicueta is aging. Eric Garcia is a young guy with not a lot of experience. Eric Laporte, this is his first experience at an international cup. Shout out to him for ditching France, and now he's still playing with Spain. Um, Jordi Alba didn't even get the start in this game. Yeah, no, he came on as a sub. So there's a. This will be an interesting matchup: a ball dominant team versus the Swiss, who are comfortable without the ball. They did it for most of the game against France as well, but we'll see. I, we'll see. Uh, I think. Uh... I think the man, the Liverpool, current Liverpool man, if uh, Switzerland's going to go through Zerdan, Shakiri's going to have to play a part in that. Uh, it seems like he's always due for uh, outside-of-the-box goals, so uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe I take a little prop out on that, throw a little juice on that. But, yeah, overall, congrats to Spain. I didn't expect them to make it this far. Um, and, yeah, it just I was, I was surprised. This goal outburst has been insane, and... We'll see what happens. Sweet game, man. If you haven't seen it, go watch the highlights. Go watch the highlights. Yeah, we'll hop into the, the game that had all the highlights, the France-Switzerland game. Um, I have a funny quote. I'll give Alex Noto a quick shout-out. His Italian barber told him to tell me that he thinks Kylian Mbappe is a choke artist. <laughs> I told him, that guy's crazy. He won the World Cup. He scored three goals against Bayern. He scored two goals against Barca. Like, this guy's not a choke artist. And... Um, it was unfortunate he didn't score a single goal this whole tournament. He had some great opportunities against Spain. He shanked them. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the guy's 22 years old. I'm not too worried about it. But I just thought it was funny. I had to throw that out there. He did not have his uh, A game. I think if no, his A game is, well. if his A game is there, I think France gets through with this game. I think they score a couple more goals. But he just had an off day. He had an off couple weeks, maybe a little tired which would be insane no way he's tired and i take that back that man was flying around yeah um he just didn't have it he didn't have the the final touch that you need and ultimately i think that's what ends up costing them game obviously he missed that penalty kick but if he puts away a couple of those chances that he got this game's a different outcome and we're not even sitting here talking about the extra time yeah, and I, I mean, the way that game went was so crazy. Hannes Seferovic, Seferovic gets that header right away, puts him up 1-0, and then the Swiss win a penalty, and Lloris makes a freaking great save down to his right strong hand. A minute later, here comes Benzema, goal. Two minutes later. That Benzema goal real quick. Woo! 
That was unreal. I don't care if it was on purpose, bro. That was unbelievable. Unreal. That the have the technique to do that, the technical ability to do that. I mean, uh, I couldn't I, if Patrick passed me a ball and I tried to do that Probably with like an easier over. pass, I, yeah, I might even. I would fall over. Like that was unbelievable. It was one of those things where you know how like your dad will get real close to TV because he's blind and can't see or can't <laughs> hear or whatever. My dad's a stander, so he literally got probably six inches from the TV. And they did the three different replays: one far, one behind the goal, and then one right behind the ball. And my dad's like, "I think that was the greatest goal I've ever seen." <laughs> like, dude, I someone's like. All my all my negative Nelly friends from school are like, well, that wasn't on purpose. That was. I'm like, I don't care, bro. Did you see what just happened? Behind his back, knocked it down onto the ground like he was about to start juggling, kept it going through, and then chipped him with his left foot on a little half volley. And we've been Kareem Benzema guys since we started talking about the Champions League. We've said he's the most underrated guy, underrated striker in the world. And you think Giroud that scores was, that goal? No, I love Giroud, but do you think Giroud scores that goal? Uh, maybe you Man, never know what Giroud. That's true. Giroud's a, <laughs> on a good day. That's a bad point. He's got like two of the greatest goals ever scored. I'll on a take good that day, back. I don't know. Greatest highlight highlight tape of all time to Olivier Giroud. But uh, yeah, Benzema is the most underrated guy in the world. Uh, crazy to think he wasn't on that 2018 World Cup squad because right. of that and whole still won it all. sex tape scandal, or whatever. But uh, credit to Kareem Benzema and credit to Didier Deschamps for mm-hmm. realizing he needs to be back in the squad because he ultimately puts him in that driver's seat. And then Paul Pogba, we we talk about this too all the time. He's just a dick, just, different beast when he plays for France. He really is world class. So like, I mean. The reason he is world-class for France is because he's got N'Golo Conte running around behind him, and he gets to just kind of saunter around the field and do stepovers and drags. But that finish, like, you can't. That was... You know, like, my coach said it today. uh, He was talking about everyone on T... When you watch these games at the Euros, all anyone sees are these stepovers and these crazy, you know, these crazy goals by Pugba. But that's not, like, these these games. That one-two... Around the corner, Griezmann backheeled it, or whoever it was, Benzema, I don't even know, backheeled it, Griezmann tried to chip, went to the far post, and Benzema scored for that second goal. Everyone just made this simple play, and it all worked out, and then later in the game you see Pugba, he's the kind of guy you want to take that little drag, stop, tuck, boom, top corner, and... It was, I mean, he had a great tournament just all together. I mean, he was creating a lot of chances. He was winning the ball a lot in the midfield. And I just don't know. He has a different motor when he's playing for France. So it was great to see him just uh, come back to that full form that we saw in the World Cup. And I, I just I hope he does that in the in the regular season. We started to see glimpses of, uh, glimpses of it with Manchester United. But I really hope we could see that on a regular, consistent basis. And... I, I, it's just fun to watch when he's buzzing, so I, I'm really hoping that we could see that on a regular basis. I do want phenomenal t- to watch. I do want to touch, but like obviously we have to keep going in this game. Swiss, Switzerland's comeback, but I do want to talk on that Didier Deschamps comment you made earlier. Uh, there's been a lot of talk that Zidane wants the the French national really team job. Seen that. Yeah, so they asked him in his post game, and he's like, uh, "I don't want to talk about that. You know, they're loyal to me. I'm loyal to them. I'll take the blame for this." Um, but we're all, it all hurts. He just, you know, he punted on the question like anyone would do. I can't believe a journalist would ask him about his future after <laughs> he just lost to Switzerland. Um, but that's what they get paid to do. They get paid to ask the hard questions. And um, Florentino Perez said something like a couple of days ago that Zidane wants to, the French national team job. So I pose to you, after this early round exit, do you stay with Didier Deschamps? Yeah. I agree. I think you do. Uh, 
to for someone that's not in Germany's position where they've declined since that World Cup, um, you know, you have that short turnaround. We only have a little bit over a year to the World Cup. I think you stick with the system that you know works uh, with the same. It's going to be the same players that he's had for this past five years. All these guys are going to be back. I think you ride it out, and then if you deem fit to see a change, post, you, you post need World to, Cup. Post World Cup, if things don't go well in that World Cup, then yeah. then the question gets brought up. But for think, now, yeah, you just you, you caught Switzerland on a bad day. You, yeah. you switch your guard off for fans ten in the minutes. Stadium. Yeah, um, not even. Yeah, it, was just, it was the last like freaking five minutes. And then uh, it was unfortunate. Paul Pogba played the phenomenal game. A yeah. quick lapse of judgment. He loses the ball in that third goal in the midfield. Great pass, great run. Um, he slotted that pass in, and then uh, dude, whoever, oh. whoever I don't know who scored that third goal um, for Switzerland. I have it pulled up to to be able to just have the calm headedness to cut oh, real Ma- quick and just slot that in the bottom left corner. Mario Gravanovic, he Mario Gravanovic cut the center back and, and just, just buried it. Like a lot of people would shank that. I mean, he's, oh yeah. He knows oh, the situation. Yeah. It wasn't it's an easy finish. Minute. He's 18 yards out. Like no. he was a, you know, he slots against Larice too and he had no chance. He didn't even Lloris come within was a playing f- a great game yeah. as well. It was and that's a yeah, like that's a that's a very tough finish. First of all, I have the composure to to know what's in front of you, get around the defender and then still be composed. I mean, you got to have it going through your head like he holy made shit. A phenomenal like, run to begin with. Jaka played the pass. It was that it was it was beautiful. It was it, like I said earlier. It's like one of those days where every time they had a chance, you're like, and normally you're used to the crowd going, "Oh, everything went in. Everything yeah. went in. It was crazy." Um, unfortunate for uh, France too. Kings of Coman hits the crossbar. Oh. With, what was it? Ten seconds left in the game, and it looked like um, a half chance. He just like took it down and just whacked it. Yeah, it looked just, like from the TV angle, I thought yeah, he shanked it, and right. all of a sudden it smacks the crossbar. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> But like like Patrick said, this game like every time someone got the ball, it's like is someone gonna <laughs> yeah, score right yeah. now? Like the chances were flying. Both goalkeepers making great saves. Somer played a great game. Is he the Munchen Gladbach goalie? He is. Yeah, he's a uh, low key a very good he goalie. Is. We don't see him enough because the Bundesliga is on ESPN Plus. We don't get to watch it as much. But he's a very good goalkeeper for Munchen Gladbach and. Yeah, he, he came up big in those big key moments that you needed him to. And uh, all credit to the Swiss to go down like that and just say, you know what, we know what we could do. We've been playing good, minus the 20-minute patch where France looked like the best team in the world. And that was all momentum, like is, that save penalty, and you could just feel that it was on France's side for that. And, yeah, I mean, the game switched. It looked like vintage France. It looked like this game's over. And yeah. they just have that composure and say, guys, we just got to get one. They get the one back, and they're like, all right, there's 10 minutes to go. Let's get this other goal. It was, it was a great game. Um, and then they kind of sat back a little bit in extra time, and – Ultimately, the calm, cool composure at the penalty spots. Larice almost got one. Um, my dad brought it up. Uh, all the commentators were talking about how Larice, uh, you know, the guy just shot the ball too hard. And, you know, that, that was a tough play. But what I noticed on that penalty kick, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking he, about. Was that he got there a little late. The ball got shot he really didn't hard. Move. Is that a weird he didn't judgment? Ju- he didn't guess. Uh, exactly. That's where I was going with that. Hugo Larice did not guess on that. Hugo Larice tried to wait to see where the ball was going to get shot. Yeah. Um, and then you never know. He could have guessed the wrong way. 
But uh, ultimately, he didn't guess. Uh, I don't know if many people caught that, but Hugh Lloris was waiting to see which way the ball went. And if he if he dives that way, maybe it's a different story, but we'll never know. Um, but yeah, just unfortunate that our young star of the game, the future of the game, Mbappe, just it kind of sums up his tournament. He misses the penalty kick. It was an okay penalty, but he hit it at the sweet, sweet height for any goalkeeper when you're shooting penalties, that little mid uh mid waist shot if you will and uh yeah that's what cost him it was kind of nice to to go on tiktok or twitter and see that like mbappe was getting made fun of equally like a normal player would not that like to say i want to make fun of a 22 year old unbelievable world cup winning all-star superstar but you know normally he never gets the brunt of it and i thought some of the memes were pretty funny and oh, it the, shows memes, you that the M- memes this past weekend were so funny <laughs> if like I love how soccer Twitter, every time, like, someone's out, they just, like, add a P to their name. And they're like, <laughs> Pinaldo, Messi, Bruno Pinandes. Like, everyone's got a P attached to their name. And uh, when Portugal, sorry to go on a tangent, but when Portugal lost, Pinaldo, of course, was trending on Twitter. And there was some comedy gold for us soccer fans. But uh, anyway, anyway we'll, we'll continue. Yeah, the game ended in, uh, in heartbreak for France and glory for the Swiss. The Swiss got Spain next. It'll be, uh, let's see how, how long the Swiss can ride this. Hopefully it's bumping up that price tag for Xhaka. Apparently we're going to toss him to the walls for 15 mil. Hopefully, uh, apparently this has sparked some Juve interest. Hopefully that we can jump that baby up, get it up to like 40 mil. Let's see. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was that was arguably the greatest uh, greatest day of international sports, international football in our lifetime. He's showing me a meme on his phone. He's laughing at me. <laughs> Someone, uh, right. I got Ronaldo. Yeah. So Ronaldo didn't have too hot of a game. game. Let's we'll do go the into Portugal game. game. Portugal Belgium one zero. Didn't have too hot of a game. People were giving Ronaldo stick because he scored a couple penalty kick goals in the group stage. Uh, someone tweeted, "Give me a penalty or a ghost." Quoted by Ghostiano Pinaldo. <laughs> and then uh, someone, dude, the Harry Kane one. I don't know if anyone knows the picture of Harry Kane with his hands on the ears. He's like. Pinandes and Pinaldo knocked out in the same night. Like, uh, just go on Twitter and type in Pinaldo, and you'll find a lot of tweets. They're very funny. But Belgium, Portugal, Belgium, Portugal. Um, for all the talk that we had with this Portugal lineup and all the goals, they just never really clicked up top. No. I, I thought that was the big, uh, the yeah. big thing. Joao Felix hardly saw the field this whole tournament. He's getting surgery on his ankle now. Is he now? Yeah, because he said he's been playing hurt um, for a long time. Bruno Fernandes looked tired out there. Yeah. He didn't look like his normal self. Uh, my main man, Diogo Jota, got tons of opportunities. That left foot shot was bad, man. And he just couldn't finish. He got that one bouncer in the box. He just kicked that over, but... Um, Renato he, Sanchez he just, submitted himself as like a, a freaking stud. Yeah, Reyna, Renato Sanchez. 23. He disappeared after Oof. the last Euros when well, he, he played got really hurt. well. Yes. Went to Bayern. It didn't really work out for him. Went to Frankfurt. He's at now, I think. He's at Lille, I think. Le- okay. I think he's in the French League. Uh, let's double check that. But he bossed up the midfield. I mean, that guy is like Kyle Walker. But he's at Lille. You're right. He's at Lille. He, yeah, he was. So good. The way he connected with those front three, even though those front three didn't really do anything, like he's the one who passed that ball to Jota, I think, when he slashed it left. He he really like he 
He was their best player yeah. throughout the whole tournament. Yes, he was. The way he like gathered the ball deep and was able to turn defenders and push lines and drive forward and 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 bring the ball upfield was what I thought was going to push Portugal, you know, over the edge. Our Portugal most goals came crashing down. Our France came crashing down. It all rides on my day goes. The, the the Italians, um, but I didn't really think Belgium looked all that convincing either. To be honest, I. Like I don't know how in depth I went on. The, I think we did. I I think we pointed out that this Belgium team does have their weak spots, yeah. but they're just one of those international teams that they it's they play like a club team. They have a really good chemistry, but uh, yeah, I, I think overall this Belgium team, um, they're the number one team in the world for the reason we saw that because they grind out a one nothing win against a very talented Portugal side. But I, I do think this team has its weak spots, and uh, they have question marks going forward now. Uh, we don't know. Kevin De Bruyne is going to play, how healthy he'll be. Um, it doesn't seem like Eden Hazard's going to be able to play. So I think there's question marks in this team. But overall, they, yeah, they, they did enough to knocks. get the win. They they did enough to get the win. They're going to be a one short day, uh, one less day of rest in Italy, which Italy needs to rest more. They had to go at extra time. But um, Great finish Belgium, by Hazard. Great finish. Dorgon. Do you think Patricio could have saved it? I think that was a, I think that was a goal. Unless Thibaut uh, I, Courtois is in that and he's taller, I just think that that was a tough shot. Like he was I, in... I don't think, I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe a taller goalkeeper might get that. But, like, it, when when you see the angle of uh, him standing like behind, behind the goal, it, like, yeah. you couldn't tell which way the ball was moving. Swerving, it, just, yeah. it was one of those balls where if you're, like, playing, for example, us, we're playing softball in your outfield, or if you're a baseball player and you, you get a line drive hit at you and that thing's slicing around, moving around. That's what it was doing the the goalie, and by the time he finally got a good direction where the ball was going, it was too late. So, um, I gave stick to Thorgon Hazard before. Um, I said, "Why is this bum in the game during uh, one of the group stage matches?" And uh, here I am taking that statement back. He scored a worldie. Um, he is a he's not a bum. He plays pretty well for Dortmund. I retract my statement. Uh, Thorgon, I know you're a very dedicated listener to the podcast, and I know you probably tell all your friends about how this guy Leo hates you, but, you know, I don't hate you anymore. You're pretty good. Dude, shout-out to Thomas Vermalen, man. 35, I think he is, playing for Vissel Kobe with Iniesta over in Japan, and he's played every minute, I believe, for Belgium in the Euros, and he's been uh, he's been their rock. He's got Alderweireld out on his right and, and Vertonghen out on the other side. They got some old men back there. They got an old old back line, and a bunch of bodies, though, like Thomas Mounier playing at right wing back. That's a tall tall group. Um but uh, yeah, it's it's good to see them because I don't know why all these ESPN commentators are like, oh, this this is the last goal. It'll probably be the last goal for the Euros for this group because of the age of the uh, younger guy or the older guys that are playing center back. Apparently, their U twenty one team didn't qualify for no. the World Cup, so they don't have that uh, depth that some of these other countries have with their youth players. But they still got the World Cup in the year half, so I'm tired of hearing saying, "Oh, this is their." I mean, last De Bruyne goal. turned thirty today. I think so. Like in four years, well, we're he'll, seeing, he'll be we're still seeing playing. Kevin De Bru- or we're seeing Luka Modric go balls to the wall at thirty five. So I'm not they worried. They got about some him. young players in there, like Yuri Tielemans is young, and then a lot of guys that didn't really play very much, like Yannick Carrasco. He's a bum. He's a bum. Like he's, he's got a dumb haircut. He, I remember the comment. I said, "Get Yana Carrasco and Thorgan Hazard off the field." It was during I think the second group, uh, group game, and uh, I retract my Thorgan Hazard statement. But Yana Carrasco, I don't think he's that old either. I think he's like twenty seven, 
He just like I don't know. I guess he. I don't know what his deal is. From Madrid now, but yeah, I mean, I I think like five years ago we were all like, Jan Krasko is going to be a pretty solid player, and I guess that was the peak five years ago. I I don't know what that guy's deal is. Um, He's a weak spot, and. I, I don't know. They're, they're not as that deep they don't as have other Eden teams. Hazard, yeah. Yana Krasko is going to have to feature in that Italy game. Eden Hazard's already looked kind of slow compared to, you know, well, He former. just gets kicked and kicked all the time. He was like the most fouled player in the Premier League when he was uh, with Chelsea because yeah. he's so shifty on the ball. And uh, we saw it time and time again in this most recent game against Portugal. He's getting kicked and kicked. And I'm surprised of all things here, it was his... Uh, hamstring instead of his little brittle ankles that get kicked every year game in and game out so unfortunate for Eden and unfortunate for Belgium because Jana Krasko is gonna have to be the guy he is because you know they got guy, they got some guys on the bench you know Dennis Pratt younger player uh Leandro Trossard who we saw at Brighton this year then Donkers that bruiser in the middle and then Dries Mertens came on late in that game but other than that not a lot of guys you know Jeremy Doku, Batshuayi, he's never really been super consistent. Christian Benteke. That's my dude. And then Castagna. He scored a sick bicycle kick. That was pretty cool, man. That was like, what, your one goal? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not sold they, on, on Belgium, I thought man. Portugal outplayed them. I thought yeah. Portugal, they, the second half, they were pouring it on. They had chance after chance. And, uh, you know, like I said, Diogo Jota just couldn't find the back of the net this tournament. Uh, I think that game is different if you find some guys in a little bit better form. Um, you got outshot 23-6. to six. You got outpossessed. The second half, you were really just playing defense. And uh, I, I guess we go... We'll go into the Italy game. We'll recap the Italy game. And then I'm going to give you my keys to why our future will whoa, prevail. Whoa, whoa. We can't skip the no? Czech Republic-Netherlands oh, game. Oh, you're right. I forgot. I see ya. See ya to on. the Dutch. Adios, os Oranje, or however you say it. We'll get we'll get to the Italy later. Yeah, I, I I skipped out order. I got I got excited because you were talking about Belgium, and I couldn't wait to talk about why Italy was gonna kick Belgium's ass. But we got we got a couple of games. You can't pass up on the check, man. They uh, like we had another one. I said they got to ride the momentum. They have rode the momentum. Patrick Schick again Is with he the, in goal. the golden boot race. He's got. I don't know how many he has in this tournament. He's got to be close. He's, did he have one this most recent game? He's yeah. got to have like four goals. I'll look it up. Um, yeah, Patrick Schick played well. The Mathis DeLitt tweets were funny. Um, yeah, he was were. getting made he fun just of as well. The ball, man. He's in second behind Ronaldo. Ronaldo has five. So Patrick Schick's uh, the lone remaining uh, player that yeah. could pass him up. Benzema's out with four. Forsberg's out. Lewa's out. And Seferovic has three. And uh, Raheem Sterling. So there's a couple guys left, but Patrick Schick in the driver's boot. He's got a good chance <laughs> to keep. driver's boot. <laughs> he's, he's got a pretty good chance to uh, take over this golden boot. That would be something. Who would have thought? I mean, what were the odds for him? We took freaking bum Harry Kane, who I don't know why he played like a bum the first three games. He played like himself this most recent game. But, yeah, Harry Kane, bad bet. Sorry, guys. But uh, Patrick Schick. I mean, he scored a worldie. He scored a 50-yard goal. Yeah. Um, and this Czech Republic team, it seems like every time 
the Czech Republic are in a major tournament. They perform pretty well. I think if you go look up at their history, it seems like they always somehow find a way to get out of the group stage in every major tournament that they do qualify for. And here we are, and they're in the quarterfinal, and they have a very winnable game against Denmark. They were the Denmark. better team, yeah. They were the mud. Like, the Netherlands played like doo-doo. I think Depay gave the ball away like 20 times, something like that. Yeah, the first half was not too clean for the Netherlands. Um, at halftime, people are like... Uh, the the analysts were saying I think Netherlands just comes out on top because it's the Netherlands. But yeah. how how change things change so quickly? Um, Matthew Stillett or however the hell yeah, right. Matthias whatever. Um, unfortunately, he just he got his feet tangled. He fell down. Um, ultimately, I think he made the right choice of swatting at the ball with his hands. I don't know. Maybe you have a different point of view of that being a center back, but I. If he doesn't, the guy's through on goal. I don't know. Um, he, he did it. They got a free kick. I guess it was only the 55th minute at the time. Um, would, what would you have done? You just, you See, just sit I, like, there on your knees, like, hoping your goalie got your back? Yeah, I mean, in, they teach us differently here in America. Like, you don't grab the ball when you go down. You don't. You don't. You just flop. You know, everything's much more physical. And it's not like you don't just... Ex- expect the foul to be called here i guess so i would never do that like i would never grab the ball like ever like that's like the first rule of soccer but a lot of players do it they usually call it like in the middle of the park you know like someone will fall and they'll grab the ball but like delict was that was bad man it wasn't even <laughs> close like he he tripped and like immediately the, the guy i forget who it was that was pressuring him just like stop maybe it was patrick chicken just started like turning just turned and looked he's like what are we doing like yeah. what are we doing I think it was the right call. I think he should have got it sent was off. The right call for sure. He's the in last his, guy. You know, in his mind, he just has to make that split second decision, and he made the decision to grab the ball. And a lot of cases, um, you know, you're pretty confident with the Netherlands against the Czech Republic that they could still get the job done with ten men. It was zero zero at that point, I believe. Still, right? Yeah, it was zero zero. So, I mean, he's probably thinking that maybe we can still get it done, but the Netherlands had no nothing they at didn't all. Didn't have it going. And so in that sense, it might have been just better to give up the goal and play with 11 men. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what most people you would You look say. in it's hindsight, and I think men. definitely the the right move would have been to let that go by. Um, who was it? It was a World Cup. It was a knockout stage match. I think it was Luis Suarez for Uruguay. Um, I got to look this up. Uh, I'm pretty sure Luis Suarez was an extra time. Um, either the game was tied, the game was tied in extra time. I forget who they were playing. Goalie got caught out of position, and Luis Suarez dove like a goalie, blocked it with his hands. He got sent off with a red card. His goalie saves the penalty kick. They win in penalty kicks. Yeah. Um, had to bring that up because that's like the only other time I could think in history that I've ever seen anything like that happen. Um, but that's a very different situation. You're in extra time. You could play for those penalty kicks. Um, Mathis Delitt, you did it with 35 minutes left in the match. Not ideal. Frank DeBauer out as another one's coach. Um, that was a short-lived stint. I don't he know is out officially? Go. He resigned today, yeah. Uh, so I guess I guess the fans are going to get what they want. They're going to get a 4-3-3. They got to regroup. regroup. They got to regroup. They have young, talented players. Frankie the Young, I think, had the most successful dribbles um, in the tournament That up until that player. point. Phenomenal player. What position is he going to play? For his future, I don't know. Um, maybe he finds himself as a cam. He kind of played no. as a I mean, six. As long as Wijnaldum's on the team, I think he plays that attacking guy and, and Frankie pulls the strings behind him. But he can he's so good that he can play anywhere. But uh, I think this team's going to be a force to reckon with come 
the World Cup. They're going to have Virgil van Dijk back. Um, I mean, Virgil van Dijk and Matis de Litt, that might be the best center back pairing in the World Cup. We'll see. Um, hopefully they're both healthy for that. But for Netherlands, you got some young players. Denzel Dumfries, absolute stud. I had no idea who you were coming into this tournament. You are a moose. You are fast. Um, you scored goals. Like, you play right back. I, I don't even... You Like, every time I saw Denzel Dumfries play, I was, like, in awe at how good this guy was. And I didn't know who he was coming into this tournament. So you are one of my rising stars. Congrats to you, Denzel. I know you listen to this podcast, too. I'm a big fan of yours. So I'm excited to see what happens with you going forward. I think you play for Ajax right now. Um, don't quote me on that, but... Denzel Dumfries, I thought he might have been their best player. He plays for PSV. He's a local guy. Um, I think he might have been the best player aside from Frankie de Jong in this team. I was really impressed with him, and I I think he might get a little big big move here because he really solidified his spot as one of the one of the better players in this tournament. So congrats to you. But that's about all I got for this Netherlands team. Um, And then the Czech play. Denmark next, and Denmark beat Wales. We won't really Woo! talk that game. I got nothing to say yeah, other than Wales. Get your ass home. Yeah, I enjoyed the flight. Denmark came to play, um, and then so we got a team on Ukraine, the Ukraine, England, the Czech, and Denmark, Switzerland, and Spain, and then finally, go ahead, Belgium and Italy. Ah, uh, we can't do the the Denmark people like that. Okay. Real quick, you guys are playing phenomenal. We we kind of expected you guys to have a pretty good tournament. We were expecting you guys to get out of the group. But to put on a performance like that against Wales, now you're in the driver's seat to get to your first uh, big tournament semifinal since 2004. I think you could get the job done. And I do think if there's a team on that side of the bracket to beat England, I think it's you guys. So I hope you guys beat the Czech Republic. And I hope you guys beat England because it's not coming home. England always finds a way to lose. Harry Kane, shank against Croatia. They somehow lose to Iceland. They didn't get out of the group in 2014. Um, they're just they're going to find a way to choke. Quote me on that. If I don't, you can put me on freezing cold dicks. Uh, go Denmark. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm in on Denmark, too. The people of Copenhagen are some lovely fellows. They're some very nice people, uh, very welcoming people. I hope they kick the shit out of England this <laughs> weekend. Well, they gotta beat they gotta beat the Czech first. They gotta beat the Czech. That's not. And an I easy am a test. huge Patrick Chick fan, so I do like him. Uh, it'll be that'll be hopefully it's a good game. I think it's gonna be a great game. Yeah. I think both these teams know what good a chance they have uh, to possibly get to a final now. So I think that's gonna be one of the bigger games to watch. The I Czech Republic get into the last four. Man, Oof. that'd be awesome. But uh, yes, finally my day goes. Um, what is there to say? You guys played like crap for twenty minutes. Um, at one point in the game, I think I texted Michael Caputo saying, um, I think it'd be better if this game just went the extra time because yeah. they needed to regroup. The first half, they had some chances going their way, but uh, for about 20 minutes in that uh, second half, they did not look good. Austria looked like they were going to bag one. Um, my nonno came over to watch the game. He was pissed off. He's like, why isn't Federico Chiesa in the game? Everyone's like, Chiesa, why is Federico Chiesa, Chiesa not in the game? Chiesa. What happens? Federico Chiesa comes in the game. He that was a. If you think about like that's one of those goals where like the the people watching are they don't really realize if you're just like a neutral fan to be able to head the ball like you're running towards the touchline to head the ball back into play keep your balance and then like hit it with your weak foot at no angle and score. I I thought that was one of the better goals of this round of 16. With the like better commentary how, from How the hard ref. it was. Um, 
phenomenal goal. And then uh, I think I think uh, you got to start him this next game. Um, I mean, he's the golden boy of this Italian Italian new regime. Like he's he's going to be the guy that takes him, however far in these next couple of tournaments. He, you got to start him. He's an unbelievable player. Um, Marco Verratti, you play like what's going on in your head, bro? Like if you if Marco Verratti played like Marco Verratti. This team would have dominated the game, but I wanted to strangle you, Marco. Like, why can't you just pass the ball? Did you not? Did you watch the game? Uh, I watched some of it when I got back from soccer. Yeah, I didn't. This get to guy, see all of it. like, dude, you're playing center mid. Like, just pass the ball. I, Which oh is what God. he's great at. He's made his living off. I don't. That, that's know? what I'm saying. Play like yourself, dude. Like the amount of times that he'd get the ball, I'd be like, move it. Like, keep going, and then three, four touches. The guy's on him. He's like turning back, and now the ball's going back to your center backs. Like, you you don't want that. Like, dude, I I wanted to strangle you. I said you needed to get subbed off. Thankfully, he did. Um, and o- overall, uh, they might be tired, but I think they got a really good chance to beat Belgium. I think Belgium's three back is gonna end up costing them. I think Chiesa is gonna get the start. He's gonna be running at those old center backs. Um, I think it's gonna be. A tough task for Belgium. We don't know what we're going to get out of Eden Hazard. I don't think he's going to play. I think Kevin De Bruyne does play, but for how long, how healthy. Um, I don't want to see Verratti start. I think he'd be better off coming on as a sub. I think the key to the game is going to be this Belgium three-back. How long do they stick with it? Are we going to see them play more of a five-back? I don't know. I think this three-back is really going to cost Belgium in this game. I think... Uh, that's where they're going to be exposed the most. Uh, Chiro Immobile is going to be able to hold the ball up pretty well in the uh, up top, and then to see these guys like Chiesa and Bernadeschi and all Lorenzo Insigne run off of that, there's going to be a lot of gaps out wide, and I, I think that's going to be a big key to the game. Yeah, I'm so excited, man. I, I You're right. Like Marco Verratti plays like himself. Italy should win this midfield battle. I mean, Yuri Tielemann is a hell of a player, and De Bruyne has been playing kind of in that front three, so it's a little bit different. But with Locatelli and Verratti, if they play their best, like they're, they're and shout out to these left and right backs, Spinazzola and yeah, Lorenzo man. have like Spinazzola got they the assist, get, these guys right? have motors. Yeah. These guys were running the entire twenty minutes. Spinazzola, I think, is up in, is in the top five for most completed dribbles as well, which you don't see too often from a left back. He's just been wreaking havoc out there. Um, but yeah, I, I think we got a great chance. We're coming in against a Belgium team that is banged up. Um, I think this three back, like I said, is going to cost them, and um, it's going to be tough for them to score goals. You know, they got a worldie from Hazard, and this is an Italy team that hasn't. This is the first goal they gave up in, like, what was some crazy... They broke the record. They broke the Italian team record, um, and it would have kept going if the game didn't go to extra time, but obviously we conceded the goal. Um, We went 1,000, I think, 200 minutes without conceding a goal. I think it lasted about 11 or 12 games. Um, So they broke a record there. This Italy team, I think, hasn't lost a game in 30 games or 27, somewhere around there. I mean, this team is coming in hot. And they're deep, man. They really and are deep. These guys that like, you know, the Italian guys love playing for their country. Oh, they yeah. take great pride in this. And I think they, they realize what kind of chance they have. And I've been on this team since March. And I'm not hopping off the train. I think this Belgium team has weak spots. I think these these old center backs are going to have a tough time against yeah. these younger 
Um, wingers, Wenzel and Signe for being 5'4", or however the hell tall you are, because you're pretty tiny, yeah. is not as quick as you would think, no, but he's not. shifty. He's very quick, like, cutting agility-wise, but uh, when you're talking about sprints, he's not going to be as quick. Uh, I think the key to the game is going to be Federico Chiesa. you got to start him. Uh, if Federico Chiesa starts this game, I think he's going to bag one, maybe two. Um, Chiro's going to hold the ball up well. you got to get the ball to Chiro and let the guys play off of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the biggest key to the game for me. And they got, like, a, they're, they're so deep, man. And bringing on Andrea Bellotti, Locatelli didn't start this last game. Matteo Piscina came in off the bench and scored a goal. Fern- Fernando Ke- Bernadeschi didn't even play. Didn't see game. the fields, you know. And, like, a poor guy like Emerson Palmieri is never going to see the field with how good Spinazzola and uh, what's his name has been playing. Di Lorenzo. Yeah, Di Lorenzo. So... They they've they've come out of like they they're the they're the like the the team that's never shown any weakness in this tournament really you know what I'm saying they're the uh, I know what you mean minute gap right for, for I think they're the most complete team yeah yeah I'd agree with that I'd agree with that and Jorginho's been playing well in there uh, and Donnarumma's obviously at the back like it's that's a wall it's that's giving a me two thousand six vibes. 2006. He made a six save. Ain't no party uh, like a 2006 party. He, he made that six save. Someone hit a little like half volley, and he, he just unbelievable to be able to pass the torch from Gianluigi Buffon, who's a top three goalie of all time in my mind, and hand it off to a 22 year old who has been starting for this team since he was 18. Yeah. Another Gianluigi. What are the odds of that? I mean, just it's probably pretty high just, in, in in Italy. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's just remarkable to see this goalie depth that this country is producing. He's going to be the goalie for the next 15 years. So uh, I shout feel out, really confident uh, in this team. Yeah, I shout out uh, this Austrian side. Um, they played well. Yeah. They gave him a run for their money. Arnautovic, is, people forgot about him because he went to China, but he's still got a little life left in those legs. And Marcel Sabitzer, I think, is... Marcel this, Sabitzer is class. I yeah. think he's due for a big move. And they're saying it's only going to cost like 15 million euros to get him wow. out of Leipzig. And he's I, 27 years yeah. old. He's got five good years. He's, in been the ca- he's been the captain of Leipzig for a long time now. He he put in a class performance this entire Euro. And he's just he's just a class player, period. And, you know, they didn't really know what to do with Alaba, left back, center back. I think that was the mid. big downfall for the Austria coach. I think you got to put... David Alba in like a holding midfield situation. I know he's your best defender. He's the best player in the team, though. You got to get the best player in the team to ball more. It's like Zinchenko for Ukraine's been playing as the C- as the six, as the CDM, just to get him on the ball as much as possible. Yeah, when when you have it's not the club team where you got these other guys. Like you got to get David Alba the ball because he's quick. He knows he he could freaking bend the ball in. He saw that with one of the assists in the earlier group, group stage, stage matches. Yeah. Like he. I just don't feel like the Austria coach utilized the players that he had to the best of their capabilities. But overall, those guys played hard. Uh, they gave Italy a run for their money, and there was a moment in time where I thought, "Wow, this is gonna we're gonna lose one nothing because we did not look good. Uh, we got saved by the bell." So uh, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I would be happy with it too, and I'd be. I mean, obviously, I'd be more excited to play a, a Ukraine or a Denmark. Um, but you got to be pretty excited to play a Belgium team that's coming up against some some serious injuries, especially with De Bruyne Hazard like game changers, especially with an already, 
you know, Carrasco's going to slide into that lineup now, and they're going against the best if defense. Carrasco the- loses us our future, uh, that guy's head's going on his stake. He'll be my most hated player because that guy's a bum. Yeah, and it going I, against- I, I, like, I don't know what I will do if Yana Carrasco puts in the master class and bags too. Like, I'll lose my mind. So. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, Insigne only comes back to his right foot, and it's, like, both a, it's a blessing and a curse, but... That was a, a big key that my brother pointed out. Him and Berardi both were just cutting in on their left and right foot the whole game, so it's very frustrating. And then Kiesa comes in, he scores with his left foot, his weak foot, so... Yeah. Um, I'm sure someone's going to bring it up to them that they looked very predictable because every so time, predictable. Every time both of them got in the ball, it was cut in on my left shoot or cut in on my right shoot. So hopefully, and then uh, you know, fixed. yeah, exactly. And then Spinazzola and Berardi are racing down the the wings, or Di Lorenzo are wait, racing down the wings to you know get around these guys that are clearly going to cut in. And then Insigne gives the ball away ten yards in the field, and then he's got to sprint ninety yards back. Yeah. So all right. We're about an hour in now. Sheesh. Um, that was easy. Yeah, that was. It flew by. Um, please follow us at On The Pitch Pod. Um, real quick, let's go match by batch, give the predictions, because when we talk to you guys by this time next week, we will be at the semifinals of this fantastic tournament. Um, Spain, Switzerland. Switzerland. Wow. Um, I'm going Spain. Um, I think you know where I'm going. Italy, Belgium. I think you might be on my Same, side. yeah. We're going Italy, so we're predicting Italy, uh, Switzerland for Pat, Italy, Spain for me. On the other side, we got Denmark, the Czech Republic. I'm going Denmark. Same. And I'm assuming we're both going England. Yep. Okay. And then I'm going Denmark. Are you going Denmark or are you going England? I think England will win that game. Okay. I'm going Denmark because screw England. Um, I'm your biggest hater. I think it'll be an England-Italy final, but I hope Denmark wins. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Logic is pre- <laughs> my my better judgment has prevailed, but I, I uh, hope you're right. I hope I'm right too. But that that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. An hour four minutes did not feel like an hour and four minutes. I guess hour five now. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. It's been an unreal tournament, and you know we wouldn't go an hour five if we didn't have a lot to talk about. So thank you guys for listening as always, and we're really looking forward to this weekend's matches. And please. Uh, If you want to be like Byersdorf, shoot us a message. Let us know what you want us to talk about. So thank you. Peace.